Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Lux. At least that's what I keep telling people. And I hope you're subscribed to whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, because next week is going to be opening week. And as I've said before, I'm going to be doing a podcast every single day. And they're probably going to be long podcasts as well. I'm going to just completely bombard you and flood you with content. And it's not even going to be Royal-specific content. It's going to be MLB content. I'm talking about every team in the majors, giving, giving my projections about all of them and stuff like that. And of course, we're going to do that for the Royals as well. And I'm going to talk about the Royals roster last year, grade every single player, and give my expectations for them this year. And uh, something that's also important is that today I'm going to be doing my roster projection for opening day. So I'm going to be building the 26-man Royals roster, who we are bringing to Kansas City next Thursday. Because I feel like we're at the point of spring training where things have kind of settled in and we're, we're kind of figuring out uh, like who is who. At this point, they're optioning s- some guys that were pretty borderline, guys that I think had a really strong chance to be making the opening day roster, but they are not. They are going to be starting the season in AAA, and we'll talk about that as well. And we'll talk about some other developments that have been occurring in spring training. So it's all it's all related. We're kind of back to the current events sort of thing uh, that we do on this podcast because everything is happening all the time. Everything. Everywhere. All at once. The only movie I went to see in 2022. Funny how that worked out for me. Anyway. So, uh, actually, let's talk about the options first. Let's talk about the guys that were sent to the minor leagues. So, the Royals have optioned Nick Prato, Michael Garcia, and Freddie Fermin to AAA Omaha. That is where they are going to start the year. And they had reasons for this manager q which by the way i love that we have a manager q now because we already have, we already have mayor q so it's cool that there's a manager q to go along with that manager q has said that the theme for these guys is that they need to get consistent at bats which they envision being much more likely to uh do in a triple a because the roster that we have. Where did we put the down? Oh, I didn't draw a diamond. I'm being dumb. Ignore that. Um, the roster as it is, I think it's pretty easy to figure out who's going to be playing where as in terms of like who the regulars are. And it might not be best to treat these three guys like bench players. At the very least, we don't want Michael Garcia and Nick Prado to be bench players. I don't think that's what anyone hopes for them to be. And I don't think that's what we should... Um, be resigning them to right away. Uh, Nick Prado makes the most sense to option because Boy has been striking out a lot. He struck out 13 times in 32 at-bats. He was putting the bat on the ball a lot, but still, I think the Royals are wise to bring him down and say, hey, look, you strike out too much, work on that, and you know we'll, we'll take care of things from then on. So I agree with optioning him there. Michael Garcia, even though this was unpopular, I also kind of agree with optioning him because they want to move him around the diamond a lot. They want him to learn other positions. They, they, I mean, we already know he's a good shortstop, and that can probably translate into a good second base and maybe a good third base, but I think they just want him to work 
on those other positions much more consistently. They're also putting him in the outfield. I think they've made it clear that they really like Michael Garcia. They see a future with Michael Garcia on the Kansas City Royals. They're just not entirely sure where because, you know, we've already got the middle infield covered until further notice. Until until they're absolutely certain that Bobby Witt Jr. cannot hold the shortstop position. That's, he's going to be playing shortstop until until he's literally so bad that they just have to throw up their hands and, and give up on it. Even if statistically, by all defensive metrics, Michael Garcia is a better shortstop, I don't think they're going to move Bobby off of the shortstop. Um, so it makes sense to put him in AAA, get him some time to learn um, some other positions. It kind of reminds me of when Bobby actually came up to the majors in 2021. Or not, not 2021. He didn't come up to the majors. Rather, the spring training of 2021 when he was looking really good and we're like, oh, wow, look at look at Bobby. He should make the opening day roster. And the Royals were like, look, if if he makes the roster, he has to learn a different position. And it's just not fair to call someone up and make them learn a completely new position right then and there uh, in at the major leagues. So that's why they didn't call up Bobby Wood Jr. in 2021. And I agree that that was the right decision. I think that's what they, uh, you know, it was it was wiser of them to keep him down at uh, instead of calling him up just so he could play second base or something. And then Freddie Fermin, backup catcher, was also optioned. And this one, not going to lie, uh, this one surprised me. And I don't think I agree with it because the reasoning, the reason given for this is because they want to see MJ Melendez as ca- at catcher. According to Annie Rogers at MLB.com, the Royals discussed having Fermin, 28, serve as the backup catcher with Salvador Perez behind the plate and MJ Melendez playing mostly in the outfield with some starts at catcher. But the club wants Melendez to continue to improve as a catcher after he posted negative 18 defensive runs saved <laughs> per fan grabs and was rated at negative 25 blocks above average according to StatCast's new catching metric. Kansas City has seen improvement in Melendez's technique this spring, but he'll be tested in the regular season. And JJ Piccolo says... He's better, he's more prepared, and they, they, they just think that he is a catcher going forward. I, I, don't, I don't know about that, dude. Like, I mean, look, I, I, they know more about MJ Melendez than I do, but I just think that they're overthinking it. I don't really understand why they are going to insist on MJ being a catcher when they have catching depth. They have Freddie Fermin. He can be the backup guy. Like, like Melendez, Melendez doesn't even deserve to be a backup, like, he should be a regular bat that you're putting in the lineup. And I guess they are going to do that by shifting him around between catcher and left field. It's unusual, very unorthodox, but I, you know, they, they can give him more at bats that way. But I don't know. I just don't really understand why they're going to insist on that. You've got Freddie Fermin. You've got Lor- Logan Porter as well. Catcher who's like 26. He, uh, he was like a, undrafted free agent all the way back in 2018, I think, but he has made some significant offensive improvements over the last couple of years. And he's really been on people's radars uh, these last couple of years. And he's pretty much major league ready. So you've got him. Hell, I was even when kind of doing my roster projection, I was even wondering, are they going to go with Jose Bricenio? Um Basically a quadruple a catcher that they signed in the off season um, you know, he has major league experience. He's not like a successful big leaguer or anything, but he is there. You know, if you're 
absolutely not sure that Fermin is ready yet, or you don't want to go with Logan Porter right away, then I kind of think that, okay, Bryceno's there. He, he's, he's like the, the break glass in case of emergency catcher that the Royals have. So I could see him being f- filling that spot, but I just don't, I just don't see this working with MJ Melendez. I guess I would like to be proven wrong because I get, I think it would be cool if MJ Melendez was a good catcher, but it's just very, very strange. And and and, and I keep saying that it barely even matters because Salvador Perez is going to be here for at least two more years as the catcher, anyway. So I don't even really know why they they're bothering with this. But then again, I'm just a guy on the internet with a microphone. What do I know about Major League Baseball? So let's talk about roster projection. Yes, I gave myself a little bit of an accent right there when I said roster. Okay, so like I said, we kind of can figure out who the regulars are on this team already. We can figure out most of the the pitching staff, but there are so many borderline guys that it becomes really interesting um, seeing it, it will become interesting to see like who they're going to go with to fill in the um, lower spots, I suppose, for lack of a better word. Who are going to be the backups on this team, and who's going to be like the the middle relievers in this bullpen? So here we go. Here's what I've got. I think that the main nine hitters that we have are Salvi at catcher, first base Vinny. Second base, Michael Massey. I think they're going to keep him at second base and make him a regular. Or they're they're going to try. They're they're absolutely going to try. Shortstop, Bobby. Third base. I know we don't like it, but Hunter Dozier. I will say I I think that this is going to be the last year of Hunter Dozier. Like no matter what, if Hunter Dozier hits well, then they find a way to trade him, either mid season or at the end of the season. If he doesn't hit well, they cut him after the end of the season. They just say, screw it. He's he's getting $9 million next year, no matter what. Not worth keeping around a guy with like a career 90 OPS plus who can't play any position defensively. So this is just kind of like a last-ditch effort. I, I, I know it's very unpopular, but the Royals are kind of tied up in this. Yeah, just wasn't a good idea giving him a four-year extension, whatever. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's the infield. Left field. Um, oh, I kind of messed up. Wait a minute, hang on. Because <laughs> I wrote MJ Melendez for left field. I mean, he is. If they're going to swap him around the outfield and catcher, then yeah. How do I write this down? Wait, wait, maybe I should go back and look at some other guys. Okay, um, I was a bit of a jump cut audi- audibly. Probably actually didn't notice that at all. Okay, so yeah, this is tricky. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep MJ Melendez at left field because I think that he's gonna be put into the lineup as me- as often as the Royals can get him in there, uh, as they can. That made sense. Center field, Kyle Isbell. I think he's the best outfielder. That is, well, actually, I don't know if he's the best best outfielder on this roster, but again, I think he's gonna be put in. Put in the lineup as as much as possible. He has the best outfield jump in the entire majors, which is to say he has the fastest reaction time uh, running. How, how, is, how do I explain outfield jump? Whatever. Basically, the point at which the ball is hit, Kyle Isbell is the fastest to react to it in the entire major leagues. I guess that's a way of putting it. Right field, Nate Eaton. 
Um, I'm personally really positive about Nate Eaton, and I think they're going to continue using him. And then designated hitter, Franmil Reyes. I am personally, I've personally been really impressed with Franmil Reyes this spring, and I'm sure the Royals have been as well. Um, this is someone who, you know, he's not even like a quadruple A player. This is someone who was just a couple of years removed from a 30 home run season. He hit 30 home runs in 2021. So this guy can hit. So I, I'm personally confident in what the Royals have right here. I'm confident in his, um, in what he has shown this spring. I think that he can be a decent power bat. Maybe he won't be a regular, like I'm kind of writing down right now, but he can at least be someone on this roster. I'm very, very confident that Framiel Reyes is going to make the opening day roster. So then we have, we need four backups here. We have four spots for backup hitters. And I'm going to have Edward Olivares in the outfield, Jackie Bradley Jr. in the outfield, another guy that I don't think is very popular, but I'm going to defend it by saying that Jackie Bradley Jr. doesn't need to hit very well to be a decent backup. Like, if the Royals are just going to keep him as, like, a fourth outfielder type of guy, that's fine. And he can be a defensive outfielder kind of guy. He still has really, really good defensive metrics. I think that this can be the Michael A. Taylor of the year. You know, I mean, he, hopefully he won't be played as nearly as often as Michael A. Taylor was. But what I'm what I mean by that is Michael A. Taylor was a great outfielder who I don't think people really gave much credit to because he played in a in a boring lame ballpark. But now you take someone with his metrics and put him in Kauffman Stadium, which is gigantic, where defensive value is amplified. And suddenly you have like a two-war player on your hands. Now, again, Michael A. Taylor played way more than he probably should have, which is kind of how he got to two-war in the first place. It's it's a cumulative, a cumulative stat. I don't think Jackie Bradley Jr. is ever going to get quite that high. But I think similar logic can apply. Jackie Bradley Jr. is great defensively in Kauffman Stadium. That is going to matter a lot. So I am personally... Okay with JBJ in the outfield as a backup, again, as a backup, like a late game substitute or, I don't know, a game where you have a defensive first lineup where it's like Isbell, Eaton, and JBJ in the outfield one day. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. They got the offensive backup for Olivares and then the defensive backup in JBJ. Infield, who I'm, I'm just writing him down as infielder, Nicky Lopez. And I wrote down Logan Porter as the backup catcher, but then I read the little article um, by Annie Rogers at MLB.com saying that the Royals want MJ Melendez to be a catcher. So I guess I'm going to scratch that off and I'm going to go with, it's tough. I'm going to go with Matt Duffy. I don't really know how I feel between him and Johan Camargo. I like Camargo's age, and he has a little bit more positional versatility. Um, I, I would see him more as a defensive first replacement, um, whereas Matt has Matt, Matt Duffy has a little better of a bat, but not like a particularly great one either. Um, so I, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about either. 
Um, I kind of feel like Nicky Lopez is just kind of a combination of the two where he's not that great of a hitter, but hey, you can just kind of put him wherever in the infield and it'll work. And Nicky Lopez is like a gifted defensive shortstop, um, plus second baseman especially. So I don't know. Uh, Kind of odd. Maybe they could go with a third catcher, but I just kind of don't really see that happening. If if they're serious about getting MJ more time at catcher, then they're not going to really have room for a third catcher I don't think I mean if they if they were then they wouldn't have optioned Freddie for me that's what I think um, Matt Beattie has also had a really good spring training he's hit almost 400 with a couple home runs but he's not really like a power guy I don't think um, and he also he doesn't have that positional versatility like like if he did have very noticeable power in his major league career to this point, then I would say, okay, yeah, sure. Kind of like I am with Fran Miel Reyes, but I just don't really um, know where to put him on the roster. He just plays the outfield and also doesn't play it particularly well. So I could kind of see the Royals going with him for like a, a little bit of a bat off the bench, but I just don't really think it's going to be all that worth it. I kind of think that, Either Matt Duffy or Johan Camargo offers more with their positional versatility. Um, we just kind of have bats as it is on the lineup. So, by the way, this team actually was like terrible defensively in terms of metrics and stuff like that. Because, um, yeah, I don't know if that was ever a thing that was super noticeable. But, yeah, the Royals actually had a really bad defense last year. So maybe they should emphasize defense a little bit more than uh, offense. Because I think the offense is going to get better internally guys are going to improve and stuff like that i'm not really all that excited for matt Beatty. the royals could go with either of them like there there are logical reasons to go with any of them i personally think matt duffy makes the most sense as much as i kind of groan at the thought of another player named duffy play for the royals what am I? Do- what am I going to do with my powder blue Duffy now? It just feels wrong. Everything is wrong. Ah, ah. Wait, guys! I've got it. I figured it out. I've had the perfect solution that will solve all of our problems. I have another guy that the Royals can bring up for opening day. In fact, I know that they're going to call him up for opening day. You know who it is? Tucker Bradley, baby! Tucker Bradley season. Let's go, Tucker sweep. Hashtag Tucker sweep. Tucker Bradley opening day roster. That's that's my 26th guy on the roster. Opening day, center fielder. Who says no? Come on. Who says no? But wait, there's more. I'm not just going to talk about the roster that the... I'm not, gonna, I'm not just talking about the hitters and the pitchers that the Royals are carrying with them to Kansas City. I should also mention the guys that are pretty close to making the Major League roster. They're at the AAA level, and they've either sniffed the big leagues already, or they are on the 40-man roster as it is. So, those guys are catcher Jose Bricenio, catcher Freddie Fermin. Um, I, hang on. Okay, I confused myself because I wrote down Duffy in this list, but then I made him the, the on the major league list. So, instead, catcher Logan Porter. We have three catchers at AAA, and we're worried about MJ Melendez, for real. Utility, uh, Michael Garcia, I'm just, I'm writing him down as utility because that's what the Royals are going to just kind of try making him into. First baseman, Matt Beattie. Second baseman, or I guess you could maybe call him utility 
uh, Samad Taylor, outfielder Dyron Blanco, utility uh, Johan Camargo, first baseman Nick Prado, center fielder Tucker Bradley, even though he's on the opening day roster, never mind. And then center fielder Diego Hernandez, who only got one game, like maybe like one inning or so in spring training. He got injured, but he's on the 40-man roster, so he's worth considering as well. Wait, there's more. We just talked about the hitters. We've got to talk about the pitchers as well. So the Royals rotation is complicated because Daniel Lynch might be injured. He was uh, taken out of yesterday's game, and he had shoulder discomfort. Which manager Q has said it could be, that could be anything. You know, shoulder discomfort, it happens. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's something serious. But, yeah, that's all I have. There are, there have been no updates as to, um, there were no updates last night as to what happened with him or, or what his condition is. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully he'll be back at it next time, but that is worth mentioning. Um, it's probably going to be announced like today after this podcast goes up. It's like 7 a.m. when I'm uploading this. Anyway, so rotation. Um, you don't have to be super pick- – I'm not like picky about where they're going to uh, be placed in this rotation, although I kind of think at this point Zach Greinke is going to be the opening day starter. Because I think the way they're rotating the pitchers in spring training, it already, like, like I think Andy Rogers has pointed out that Zach's, maybe not the next turn, but the one after that would be opening day. So maybe that's going to happen. Plus, they haven't really built up Singer because Singer pitched two innings in the World Baseball Classic. So um, he did pitch last night, though. He pitched on Thursday. I say last night. It was actually during the day, but whatever. Um, he did pitch... Three innings then, that's what the Royals said he was going to pitch, but they also said he was going to have 45 pitches. So he pitched like three innings in, I don't know, 20 or 30 pit, um, twenty or thirty pitches, and then he, they said he actually threw some more pitches in the bullpen afterwards. So they are getting him caught up to speed. Um, anyway, this is all to say Singer is in the rotation. <laughs> Granke and Singer, whoever starts opening day, it's going to be one of those guys. It's probably Granke, but I Singer deserves it. But whatever. Jordan Lyles is in the rotation for sure. And I think Brad Keller is going to be in the rotation. And I've said this a couple times already, but I just don't see the Royals bringing back Brad Keller on his final year of arbitration if they don't think that they have an idea of how to get him back on track as a starting pitcher. It just doesn't make any sense to be super stingy with money to the point where you're taking Brady Singer to arbitration over like $300,000 and then giving... Brad Keller, who has been horrible for two years, $6 million, or whatever they're giving him. Maybe it's $5 million. Maybe it's $7 million. I have no idea. But more than Brady Singer. This doesn't make any sense. I think Brad Keller is a starter, and they're going to keep it that way and hopefully get something um, in the summer for him. Hopefully a, a good team will take him and give us a pretty prospect. Now, the fifth guy. This is where things are like difficult. Um, at first, I was really thinking... It was going to be Lynch, but Lynch hasn't been great this see, this spring, and they've been using Chris Bubich a little bit more. So at least for right now, I'm going to go with Chris Bubich. I think that he's maybe shown the most significant improvement um, in this pitching staff, at least from the starters. 
I think they're going to go with him. And if, if Lynch is injured, then it's like, no doubt, no question, it's Chris Bubich. But even if, if, you know, even if Lynch is okay, which we'll just kind of continue on assuming he is, yeah, I think they're going to go with Bubich anyway. So that leaves the bullpen. Okay, the bullpen. Pretty easy at the top to figure out. Scott Barlow, closer. Dylan Coleman. Their oldest Chapman. And this is where things get a little bit interesting because there are, again, lots of like borderline guys. But I'm going to say Josh Stamont is in here. Um, you know, he's back. Hopefully he's healthy this year. Amir Garrett, he's in his final arbitration year. I think they just continue on with him. I know some people don't really like him and I don't think he's like amazing. But again, he's he's in his final year of arbitration. I don't even think he can be optioned. So he's just going to be here. Same with Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor is going to stay in this bullpen. And Ryan Yarbrough, who actually might come in handy if the Royals are really in need of a fifth starter. There you go. Ryan Yarbrough is right there. So that's Barlow, Coleman, Stallmont, Garrett, Chapman, Yarbrough, Taylor. Need an eighth guy? Daniel Lynch. And if not Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubich. So those can be easily swapped around. That's what I think that bullpen is going to look like on opening day. Now, like what I did with the hitters, I want to talk about the pitchers that are on the outside looking in. Um, I wrote down guys that are all like, they, they've got major league experience or they're really close to it. So for starters, as in starting pitchers, we've got Jonathan Heasley, Jackson Kowar, Max Castillo, Carlos Hernandez, even though I think they've been using him exclusively in relief and I think they see him as a reliever going forward, I'm still going to just, I'm putting him in the starter list just because he has made starts. And Angel Zerpa, who is injured but would probably be starting the year in Omaha anyway. And also, Ronald Bolaños. I'm not really sure what the Royals are doing with him. He was not brought into spring training, so I don't know. Uh, maybe we won't see him. Maybe they're just going to kind of keep him around and he'll be quietly released this season. Not really sure. But again, he's there. He's someone who has pitched last year. He's someone who has made starts. So it's worth mentioning. It might also be worth mentioning, by the way, that all of these guys are right-handed. Except for Zerpa. He's left-handed. He's also injured. So, then, relievers who we just kind of have immediately available at the AAA level. Richard Lovelady. Remember him? Colin Snyder. Jose Quas, who I, I personally like. And he, he, he has a cool delivery that can add something to the bullpen, but I just didn't really see him. I just didn't see a, a space for him in this bullpen, unfortunately. Um, same with Lovelady. We've also got Mike Mayers. Brooks Krisky and Nick Whitgren, who were all, all three of these guys were non-roster invites, but they have major league experience, especially Whitgren, who was actually pretty decent for at least a couple of years. And Taylor Clark as well. Another guy that I kind of like, I just don't really know where to put him in this bullpen because guys are out of options or have contracts, things like that, or I guess just have higher upside. But I do like Taylor Clark, but I, I just think he's going to have to start in AAA. 
And he also hasn't really had a great spring anyway. He hasn't pitched that much. I, I think he might have been a little bit injured. So that, I guess, makes things a little bit easier. And also, Alec Marsh, who I think the Royals see as a starter, but he threw one inning of relief in spring training. So that's why he's on this list. And um, he's on the 40-man roster as well. By the way, also, all of these guys except for one are right-handed. The one lefty is Lovelady. So, depending on which arm they need, Lovelady might have a really easy chance of making uh, the roster and hopefully sticking with it, finally. How long has it been since this? Like, we thought this guy was going to be the closer in 2019 or something, and it's been so long. <laughs> what has happened to time? Anyway... Um, below that as well, I have some other guys who haven't made the major leagues yet, but are guys that have just kind of, uh, you know, they exist. Um, they're also pretty uh, quickly available if we really need them. A couple of these guys might be potential starters, but I think most, if not all of them are relievers and they are Austin Cox, who is a lefty, Jonathan Bolin, a righty. Uh, Evan Sisk, who we traded for Michael A. Taylor, I believe. Cole Stewart, who is that? I don't know, but he's on the payroll. He's actually he's actually played in the majors for a couple of years, so he, he has a minor league contract, obviously, but he has major league experience. Again, not like great major league experience, but he's a guy. I'm just kind of writing him down as an option, as someone who exists. Cody Poutit and... Uh, Ryan Weiss. Is that his first name? Weiss? Yes, it is. I don't know if he was like a a, 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 a waiver pickup or something because he played for the Diamondbacks last year briefly and then was picked up by the Royals at some point. I don't know. I don't see any transaction log for him on B-Ref. Uh, but he had a really good spring, so I think that he's someone to look out for. So did Brooks Kriske. Um, Yeah, he's someone. Uh, Mike Mayers is someone who is maybe like a quadruple-A starting pitcher. You know, like if if all other options fail, he is there. I doubt we'll actually see him, though. If we do, something has probably gone terribly wrong. Evan Sisk and Austin Cox are both lefties, and Austin Cox is actually a homegrown guy. I think he was one of the, yeah, he was one of the 2018 guys, as was Jonathan Bolin, who we had maybe higher hopes for, but he got Tommy John a few years back, so... Maybe he, 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 we thought he was going to be a very fast riser in the minor leagues, but unfortunately he, that whole thing really derailed his uh, career to this point, but hopefully he can get back on track and maybe hopefully he can be a starter or if not, then he'll be a power reliever. That would be pretty cool. So yeah, that's Jonathan Boland. And yeah, those are the, all the guys that are on like deep into the system or maybe not that deep in the system, but guys that are like triple a level, probably if we really need someone, those are guys to look out for. So let me give you the roster again, the major league roster all at once. Salvador Perez, catcher. First baseman, Vinny Pasquantino. Second base, M Michael Massey. Shortstop, Bobby Witt Jr. Third base, Hunter Dozier. Left field, MJ Melendez. Center field, Kyle Isbell. Right field, Nate Eaton. Designated hitter, Franmil Reyes. With Oliver Edward Olivares as an outfield backup. Jackie Bradley Jr. as an outfield backup, Nicky Lopez as an infield backup, and Matt Duffy as an infield backup. Starting rotation, Zach Greinke, Jordan Lyles, Brady Singer, Brad Keller, and Chris Bubich. 
And in the bullpen, Scott Barlow, Dylan Coleman, Josh Stalmont, Amir Garrett, Aroldis Chapman, Ryan Yarbrough, Taylor, I forgot his name, Josh Taylor, and Daniel Lynch. I forgot I forgot Taylor's first name. That was confusing. There are so many Taylors that we've had to deal with. Michael A. Taylor, Samad Taylor. Now this guy, someone get a different last name, please. <laughs> now keep in mind, this is not necessarily me saying this is the most optimal lineup. This is the most optimal roster we could possibly build right now. But it is what I think the Royals are going to go with just based on the way things have gone this spring either based on performance or injury, um, maybe availability, or just what just what the Royals' philosophy is. Like, again, I don't like MJ Melendez at catcher, but the Royals say they want him as ca- at catcher, so they're that's what they're going to do. Um, this roster is the result of me trying to get into their heads and think what they're thinking. So if I'm right in about a week, that will be cool, because that means we're on the same page, even if I don't agree with them. Yeah. Now, a bit of a final note is that there was a little bit more written about the um, pitching and some pitching developments along with this article of Prado Garcia and Fermin being optioned. Annie Rogers also wrote about Scott Barlow and Amir Garrett developing and emphasizing sinkers into their arsenal. I think we've mentioned this a little bit before, but yeah, Scott Barlow had like a had trouble with his four seamer and would actually not throw it very often. He threw it very sparingly last year. Uh, Amir Garrett is also throwing his sinker a lot more in 2023. That's the plan. He likes it. He's comfortable with it. And he also says, kudos to the coaches for telling me that it's something I should be doing a lot. Those guys are smart. <laughs> and you know... Sometimes it's the things that go unsaid that that tell you a lot about other people. What do I mean by that? Come on, you know exactly what I mean by that. But it's beating a dead horse at this point. Let's just move on from that. Let's put it in the past. And let's put this podcast in the past because that's all I have to say for today. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I'll talk to you again on Monday and we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff next week. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be so exciting. So many things to talk about. I'm actually kind of not ready. Wait, can we delay opening day by another week? Can we do like a, another lockout? Suddenly someone decided that, I don't know, something is not good. Rice Hawkins, uh, Rice Hoskins got injured in spring training. We need to cancel spring training or do something else with spring training. So let's not have opening day. Let's just cancel baseball altogether so that I can do my podcasts by the time baseball starts again. But then, you know, when I'm done with doing the podcast I need to prepare for, then, you know, put baseball back because I kind of want to watch baseball, please. I don't know if I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I like baseball a little bit. Okay, that's it for today. See you guys on Monday. This has been the Royal Deluxe Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Check me out on Twitter at Royal Deluxe Pod or send me an email with all of your wonderful feedback or all your terrible feedback. If you think I'm terrible, let me know. Tell me directly. I won't get offended at Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. There is no at at the very beginning. I just fumbled on my words. And also shout out to the Casey Royal subreddit, which I helped run. Thanks to everybody who keeps posting there. Catch me over there as well. And yeah, thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day.
I hope you're having a good one. Have a great weekend. Until then, I'm Lux, and go Royals.